All right. Welcome to another episode of the Pleasantly Persistent Podcast here with Danny Klein and uh, yeah, and, and co-host uh, VP Christy McGill and excited to dive into your world, which is also our world. Um, so yeah, if you don't mind giving, giving an intro uh, about yourself and what you're up to and then we can dive in. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm the editorial director at QSR and FSR. Um, just basically, we're trade publications covering the restaurant industry across both spaces, QSR for fast food and fast casual, and then FSR, of course, for, for sit-down restaurants. We've been doing so for 27 years, um, myself, nine years of that. So, yeah, um, we're just here to be a resource and you know, for restaurant operators, franchisees, executives, startups, pretty much anyone who's in the sector to help them run a restaurant and then also keep them informed on everything that's going on in the sector. Yeah. So is your day to day what you're trying to uncover, investigate and then share? Is it like trends? Is it is it is it news? Like what innovation? What What are you trying to uncover? Um, you know, it's it's kind of a mix. I mean, I would say we have these kind of buckets of content. You have news, you know, like say somebody, you know, goes bankrupt or they have some big, you know, announcement. So there's that type of coverage. And then there is also we're trying to get ahead of trends by talking to executives and leaders, you know, and getting their take on what's coming next and, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. And then, you know, then we're also just kind of deep diving into brands to tell the stories of, you know, what's making them successful. So really, you know, it, it covers everything. I mean, we try to be a, a circular news or go anywhere else, <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll give you kind of, kind of all the different pieces. You know, if, if you're someone who works in a restaurant, you want to know what's happening at your competitors. You also want to know about the trends, you know, and then you want to hear about the stories of, you know, people you can aspire to be. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So in the QSR fast casual space, what is just on, on fire right now? Whether it's plant-based beverages, ethnic, like what, what, yeah, what's what's taking over? <laughs> um, you know, I I think um I think that sector right now, you know, we're talking just really trying to figure out what to make sense of a lot of the technology that's come through that, you know, floodgate in the last three years and then you know, where that balance strikes between that and hospitality, I, I think that's really kind of become the most common conversation I have is, you know, okay, there's robotics, there's AI, there's all these things, but, you know, do they get in the way of the customer experience? You know, how do you use them behind the scenes? Almost this, you know, Starbucks puts it, it's like a factory in the back and a theater in the front. So what does that look like? Um, you know, and then also, I think there's there's a lot right now in terms of, you know, some of these smaller brands are are consolidating or forming platforms to really try to compete, you know, with the scalability of the larger guys, because that's become more pressing as you've got all these challenges and what, what it costs to run a restaurant and some of these macroeconomic craziness, you know, that's still lingering. So I think you're seeing a lot of those. Those two things right now are really the two main, you know, conversations we're having, um, you know, in terms of food, plant-based to me. <laughs> You know, as someone told me at the NRA show recently, it's not growing, but it's also not shrinking. It's just yeah. kind of is at the moment, um, you know, because we're still trying to figure out the taste profile. Are you doing it for the environmental impact? Are you doing it for the health impact? 
you know, what exactly is sort of the the role of that, you know, in the future? And is it, does it inspire beyond just the trial of, you know, I want to try this chicken to see if it tastes like chicken, you know, what, what is next, but it's still evolving to me. What, what do you think if you're going to guess like five years out would plant-based have faded or like, or be more <laughs> normalized? I mean, I think they, they've got to figure out, um, what the story is there, you know, cause to me, I think the environmental play is, is almost more powerful. You know, I think from a dietary perspective, you know, you hear people all the time say, you know, is this actually good for me? And I, I don't know the answer. <laughs> so I think we have to kind of figure out that, you know, the products and companies who are able to do that, you know, I think that's where the future is. Um, but right now I don't know that I see anyone going to really large scale with it you know, probably within the next, you know, three or four years, but at some point, um, you know, I don't like, like the person told me the other day, it's not going away either. Um, and it's only going to get more innovative and better tasting and more affordable. It's just what exactly is the size of that market? Um, I don't think anybody knows currently. Yeah, totally. Uh, just heads up, Chrissy's going off and then on because uh, she cannot hear you for whatever, both of us for whatever reason, but I'll go, we mm-hmm. can keep chatting. So what, uh, what, what, uh, what chains are just on fire right now? And you're just like fascinated about like what they're going to do next. And they're just growing like crazy. Um, yeah, there's a few of them, you know, I think, uh, I think right now, at least in that space that we're talking about, I think Raising Canes is, um, is a really interesting brand. You know, they've got these designs to become, you know, a top 10 brand, which, you know, essentially would be, you know, 10 billion in, in, uh, total sales. And, uh, you know, that's a, that would be a pretty seismic shift in terms of how the category shakes up, but, but they've, they've been doing it over the course of the last, you know, probably seven years, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they doubled at one point and they're on track to can, to get where they're going. Um, so I want to see, you know, kind of how that goes because chicken is a really interesting world in general. I mean, Chick-fil-A has got, you know, average unit volumes at drive throughs is over 8 million, which is basically the combined AUV of two full service casual dining chains, right? So, you know, Raising Kings is closer to like 5 million, which is still really, really high, but they want to get to 8 million. So if they hit what they're talking, we're talking about two different chicken chains and $8 million AUVs, which and then, you know, if you look at the landscape of food across America, I mean, what you know, how do you really compete with, you're going to just see all these people start flooding into that space. And I think Raising Kings is extra interesting because the chicken finger, you know, kind of niche of that segment has long been, you know, there aren't a ton of competitors in the markets that these brands open. So what happens when now there's suddenly parity in the chicken finger world? Um, I live right in the heart of like Chick-fil-A and Raising Kings country. It's like I swear a new one goes up, a new raising canes goes up like every time I turn around, which is crazy. Um, right. And that's kind of where they're at. Um, you know, Chick-fil-A is more deliberate growth. You know, they they can grow as fast as they feel like growing, right? So it's a it's a much different game. But there's still, I mean, there's still only about twenty eight hundred Chick-fil-A's, you know, which is a really small number in compared to you know, the competitors that they punch weight with. So they can, I mean, they there could be 
five, six, seven, eight thousand Chick Fil A's. You know, if they if they wanted to do that, I feel like that's what people want too, right? I mean, it's like the one, especially when you live in an area where there are. I mean, they're still not super close together by me. We have a lot by comparison to say like Matt in the East Coast has, <laughs> but you know that's part of it too, right? It's like they have such that loyalty around them, and people continue to go after them, going to them. Yeah, I mean, their 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 problem is definitely not demand. It's just that their franchisee structure is very specific, um, and it just doesn't lend itself to growing rapidly. But that's also how they want to do it <laughs> because it works. So there yeah. isn't really a reason then for them to sign like twenty and thirty unit deals, you know, with franchise organizations because it's just not their model. But but yeah, they're definitely those two for sure. And then. I like Portillo's story right now is really interesting as well. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of them out there for sure. What do you think in terms of this can be within like QSR and traditional restaurant space? Like, we, you know, there's been a lot of chains that have been around for a really, really long time. You know, are there certain ones that you see that have kind of managed to like reinvent themselves in this more changing era of like what consumers are looking for? Yeah, you know, I, I think so. I think, um, I think a good example of that, probably the one that comes to my mind first would be Pizza Hut. Um, you know, the transformation that they really had to undergo actually really predates COVID, but, you know, to kind of be that red roof type of location that you saw growing up and that we all went to, you know, and you had the buffet and everything to being kind of more like a, you know, delivery carry out type of brand, like, you know, like a Domino's or Papa John's, um, but they, you know, they're even gone a step further now where they've got these pickup lanes on the side of the locations. And so I think to me, um, they're probably the the most vivid example of a large scale brand who has really evolved, you know, through this window, you know, and done so in a way that's, you know, made them, you know, a stronger organization. I think Wendy's is another one. Um just the technology that they keep evolving and the way that their designs look and I mean, they're, they're a countless Chipotle also. I mean, that, you know, they've gone from now being, they're kind of as similar to Chick-fil-A in terms of they're really not that big, but they have designs to get to 7,000 stores. And one reason being that they also now have this pickup lane that has really changed the economics of their model. So, so yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, I would say that everyone's going to say that they transform. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, the Jack in the Box, good. You know, a lot of them have really had a lot of new store designs that have been influenced by the changing consumer and, and especially mobile ordering. Um, that's really helped them out, it, I think. Is Chipotle rare? So I, I believe uh, the Chipotle, my local Chipotle was one of the first with the drive through. Is it, were they, are they one of the only ones that has a drive through you can't order there that you need to pre order? Um, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some other ones. I would say that they're sort of the trailblazer on that currently and how fast yeah. they're growing it. There's over 500 of them now. But Noodles and Company, um, they're another one that does it. You know, yeah. Sweetgreen is very small, you know, in terms of I think they've got one of them, but that's a model that they're taking. Even Panera now has turned on this technology that allows you to do that. So you can just roll right past the um, the order board. And like I mentioned, Pizza Hut also does that too now. So if you yeah. order a car carry out, you can roll to what they, you know, call the hut lane yeah. and just grab it out of the, out of the window there. But, yeah, you know, but, but without question, um, the Chipotle lane, um, as they call it, that's, that's been sort of the trigger point of this, 
you know they're they're the ones who really dove into that movement the the strongest you know a few years back and you know then they're now making it i think it's like 70 or i think it's 70 percent of their development going forward is going to include one so so yeah yeah the only only problem with it though is if someone shows up and they're like a little bit early so they're like seven eight minutes to the orders ready then you're just like hanging out behind them that's the only that's the only problem with that Mom. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been to one where they, you know, they've got kind of like a a space for that person to pull forward, you know, and then yeah. they're what we call a hospitality door, <laughs> you know, where the Chick-fil-A does this too. So that, you know, you're just like walking out the, you have a employee who walks out this door and hands the food to the window, you know, almost like a car hop. Chick-fil-A has the, literally has that whole drive through situation down to a science. I mean, it's a, it's wildly impressive to me how quickly they're able to like move the mobile order people through, move the like drive through lines through. I mean, it's it's amazing. I, Matt, I don't think you've ever been to one. Like I've seen. Like uh, I have yeah. one by me that's rolling four lanes through yeah. drive through. Yeah, I mean they they uh, they do all sorts of crazy things that are amazing. You know, I, I've been the ones where they'll stick um, numbers on your car. You know, kind of like you're at a table in a restaurant, so that technology wise on the back end, they're able to tell each other like twenty one, pull forward, put them in you know lane three, <laughs> you know, and all yeah. this kind of stuff. So so you kind of you know they're they're very known for just you know the hospitality outside the restaurant that they've been able to accomplish with the order takers you know greeting you and all that but the truth is you know as much as they're rooted in sort of the you know quote unquote old ways of running a restaurant they have as much technology as anybody you know they're just really mastered being able to hide it from you um you know so so they're yeah i mean without question drive through that is the apex brand um year on and year we do a drive-through study you know and they they always come across the same which is that the the overall speed you know that it takes you from when you arrive at a chick-fil-a to when you get your order is always the longest of any of the brands that we mystery shop however the perception when we do it on the survey side is that they're the fastest um which goes to show you how amazing it is because even though it takes longer to go through a Chick-fil-A than any other brand, people equate it with being super fast <laughs> just because you're, you're always moving. Um, and then also mm-hmm. the hospitality checks that they do, you know, they treat it like a, there's like four different checks, you know, from when you get there to the next stop to the next stop. And by the time you're done, it's, you don't really realize, you know, that it took 10 minutes, you know, just yeah. based on how they were able to do it. And, um, yeah, everybody's trying to replicate it, but you know it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. Do you, Do you see anything, any innovation with uh, in the cooler for beverages or the fountain for beverages, or it's just like still feel like it's almost all Coke and Pepsi? Um. Well, you know, uh, interestingly, I mean, I did a podcast recently with Tractor. You know, they're the uh-huh. um, they're Chipotle, the beverage, yeah, yeah, Chipotle yeah. and some others, but. Yeah, their product is great. Um, you know, they I'm not just saying that because they sent me a box of it. Um, but I did go and drink it a lot in Chicago when I was at the show. And I mean, yeah, you know, I think um I think that innovation is there and it's gonna exist from the consumer standpoint of a of a guest wanting it. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's just so hard to in QSR in particular to break through the uh 
stranglehold that the big guys have and and you're and they're doing a really good job too of coming out with more craft versions that you don't really realize like i think uh you know pepsi's got this stubborn brand you know which is like a craft brand and you know i don't know if people getting it out of fountain at a fast casual equate those things and they don't really have to but you know i think the broader challenge for any quick serve is still just to you know get the guests to not ask for the water cup (laughs) you know you know that that is that has become you know that just a huge challenge because of of the prices of things you know especially you know when you you don't do combo meals like a like a chipotle right you know and you're not you're not including drinks you know to get someone to actually pay for one you know it's um yeah, it's it's a challenge for sure. Yeah, yeah. And um any any real newer chains like 25, 30 or under that you're excited to keep tabs on and watch them grow and think they'll just blow up? Oof. It's a it's a good question. Um <laughs> I'm trying to think of who falls in. I mean, we we do this 40/40 list every year, you know, where we kind of highlight brands that have under 40 units. Yeah, I like, you know, I, I like Big Chicken. I think they're a very cool brand. Um, you know, they come to mind, you know, Shaquille O'Neal's involved. He was on our cover a year ago. But beyond them just being kind of, you know, endorsed and, you know, being involved with someone who's really recognizable, their food is just, you know, excellent. And their CEO's done a really good job of operationally making them sound beyond sort of the, you know, celebrity brands that, you know, often flame out. You know, I don't think that they're headed for that road at, at all. Um, you know, Daddy's Chicken Shacks, another one we talked to. They were on our cover um, for their most recent one. Yeah, I mean, there's like a lot. Chickens lighten up the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, that's that's just the yeah. I mean, and there's all these cookie concepts now too, which um, yes. you know we we had just done like a cookie wars thing. I was I didn't pay attention if you covered the the great cookie wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that you know that's fun. Um, I'm not a personal consumer of those those brands because I'm 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 just too old. Every time I eat a cookie now, it's like you know I got to pay for it for three days. But but yeah, I mean the the fast casual world is always just full of these type of brands. Um, you know, there there's so many. It's kind of hard for me to really identify a particular you know i I like um you know there's a lot of coffee brands to watch too i think badass coffee is a cool chain a really good product but but yeah we could probably do a whole podcast on that so so outside of uh, nra which which shows do you have on your calendar for the year that you get excited to go to well um i guess i could shamelessly plug the fact that we're throwing a show (laughs) um Yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna we've actually never done an in person conference, and we're gonna do one for the first time in September in Atlanta. We're actually having two conferences that are coexisting within the same venue. One of them is called the QSR Evolution Conference, and the other is the Next Gen Restaurant Summit. So I've been I've been kind of um, deep into planning those since September now, and um, yeah, it's been been very crazy but i i definitely recommend anyone listening to check those out <laughs> they both have websites that are attached you know just just the name of the conference if you google you'll pull them up we have a early bird rate that i think runs out on june 16th or something like that but um obviously reach out to me with any questions but 
But yeah, we've got 160 speakers. So I think we have the largest speaker lineup of any restaurant conference on the circuit. Um, wow. And I, you know, and, and Chick-fil-A CEO is actually keynoting it, which is really cool. And, you know, then Inspire Brands and Subway and First Watch are the three other keynotes that we're, we're going to have. So definitely very... Um, you know, education and, and programming focused. And then we've got some cool offsite things too, but, but yeah, those have pretty much taken over my life. So I don't know that I'll, I will go to another trade show the rest of this year. <laughs> yeah. I, pro- yeah. I probably, I probably won't um, yeah. I'll just kind of gear up for these. Yeah. All right. La- last question, putting you on the spot. Uh, if you, your, your favorite QSR fast casual place to eat <laughs> right now. Uh, well, yeah. Um, interestingly, where I live in in Chapel Hill, I've told people this before. Um, we we have a drive through ordinance. We can't have one, so we don't really have a lot of uh, quick service restaurants, which is kind of funny. I'd have to drive like twenty minutes to get to one, so we only have like three. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and the one that I probably go to the most currently is is Kava. Um, oh, to be, deeply to be obsessed. Honest. Yeah, I, so I really, yeah, I love. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm thankfully open there. I mean, it's kind of it's it's one of these spots like again because there's no drive through. I got to park in like a Whole Foods shopping center and walk to yeah. it. Not that it's difficult, but you know, because I order ahead and grab it off the shelf. But but yeah, that's probably you know that's probably the one I go to the most. Um, yeah, because it's you know it's healthy, it's obviously delicious, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 they fit into the conversation we were talking about before about you know, someone who's really doing well because, you know, they're, they're about to go public, you know, and they've got a lot of growth ahead of them, you know, which is, uh, which is exciting, you know, for sure, because they've always been a great brand to to deal with and talk to. Uh, I love Kava and I do not have one. Yeah. Closest one is an hour for me. So only when I'm on the road, but yeah, that place is amazing. It's just saucy and interesting and just so flavorful. Yeah, I have I have landed like on a bowl that makes sense. I've definitely made bowls there that were that were uh, not good <laughs> because I just put I put in way too many things. I let Matt make made... my bowls for me, and they yeah, always come out like phenomenally perfect. I'm like, just get whatever you're getting. We just got our first one here in Kansas City, like, but it's still like 40 minutes for me. But it's exciting. Everyone's excited about it. Yeah, yeah, you have to like. You know, they've got so many flavors that some of them clash. So you got to really like get a bowl. And what's cool now, I mean, they do the curated bowls to kind of help you with that. Back in the day, they didn't have those. So you had to make it from scratch, you know, all the time. So now they'll have a, they have a few options for you to kind of like recommended, you know, things. They have digital exclusives from celebrities and all that fun stuff. So, so yeah, you could eat there five times a, you know, I don't know about a week, but but you could you could eat there like multiple times a Matt week. Matt and I could eat there. We could eat there yeah. five times a week. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I could. Um, I don't know. My wallet would like it, but yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, you could just keep messing up different things. And um, one reason I really um, like it. Cool, man. Well, well, great. Thank you very much. So you shared about the the conference and where people can find that, and then you're active on LinkedIn, so people just tracking you down on LinkedIn is a good way to follow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that's really the only social media platform that that I use at this point. Um, stay away from Twitter, but um, yeah, either that or email me. Just decline at wtwhmedia.com. Those are probably the best two ways to get me. 
Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for the conversation. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right.